Hey folks, here is try number two of my new idea for a daily MLB Pro podcast. I tried it the first time with my little stupid headphone things, your Apple I whatever shit, and they died uh, as I was almost done making my first point. So we're going to try again. Let me introduce the idea here. I am stealing a concept, more or less, from John Oliver, who does Last Week Tonight on HBO. This is hopefully going to turn into some sort of a semi-daily podcast last night, this morning, uh, where I will talk about the musings of what happened last night. Because baseball is one of those sports where when you look at the scores and the headlines, it does not do what happened justice, right? Uh, You can miss a lot of the nuances of how a team wins a game. You'll miss a lot of the fun storylines. And I think some of us, as much as we love the game, as much as we love the league, are barely getting to you know into the depths of what happens outside of our own teams and our own divisions sometimes. So I wanted to give you guys a chance to, to hear some of the fun things that happened across the league without having to scour for them yourselves. Um, so let's give it a shot, right? I wrote down some things. I'm not going to talk about every team. I'm not going to talk about every GM every day, unfortunately. So if you don't hear your name called, my apologies. I know that's what you're all listening for. Anyhow, uh, I'm also doing this driving home from the doctor. Um, through the city city streets of downtown Atlanta. So my apologies if you hear me shout at somebody or some construction or some of the other fun things that are going on in this city. Um, You know, we'll try to make do. So the first thing I want to talk about, right? And let's go through this thing as fast as I can. I want to talk about the Blue Jays game last night. The Blue Jays head into New York to face the Bronx Bombers, a team that... You know, if you listen to the podcast regularly, Anonymous GM and myself had a discussion about them a couple weeks ago. Half-heartedly, but semi-seriously musing, could this team hit, realistically, could they hit 300 home runs? And the, the conclusion we came to was, yeah, probably. You know, the team is, is just loaded with, with power, talent. Now, uh, they're not all the best hitters, but they are going to mash. And so you head into this game... Uh, it is John Lester versus Dylan Bundy, and Lester is a good pitcher, uh, but you still figure that there's going to be some run score, right? Well, Lester gets one out and then leaves the game due to injury. He seems fine long term. We'll see, I guess, but I don't think he's going to miss a ton of starts. But more interestingly, the Blue Jays are now facing the prospect of eight and two-thirds innings at the very least uh, in New York facing this lineup with their bullpen, which is not bad. But nobody's writing a love ballad to the Toronto Blue Jays. At least they weren't going to uh, bullpen, you know, prior to last night. And what you see is that the Blue Jays come out and eight and two-thirds inning of shutout baseball by this bullpen. Uh, And you see just great performances. They they went eight and two-thirds inning, like I said, let up six hits, two walks. So about a base runner an inning less, honestly. Struck out 10 and gave up no runs. I don't know what I was expecting when I saw Lester go out of the game early, but I was not expecting that against this Yankees team. Struggles and all. You kind of maybe thought, hey, this is the moment the Yankees' bats heat up because they've got an unsuspecting bullpen to prey upon. But the Blue Jays come out and use, I think it was three pitchers? Uh, Four pitchers. Right, and so let's let's walk through. You got Keith Bauman, the 26-year-old in his first year in Toronto, 
He pitched in L.A. for the last two seasons, throws a couple of very good innings. Again, does not give up a run. He is followed by Michael Baez, a 25-year-old rookie in Toronto. Uh, Tyez is followed by Enosil Tejeda, and he is followed by Aroldis Chapman. Four pitchers to go eight and two-thirds innings, right? That does not kill this bullpen. So not only is it a spectacular performance in the moment to go eight and two-thirds innings and not give up a run to the Yankees, but they also don't put themselves in a bad situation. And, and should the Blue Jays be able to pull a six or seven inning start out of somebody today? I do not know who was scheduled to start today. It doesn't kill their bullpen, right? If they go through all seven or eight pitchers in this game to try to try to get a win here, this could this is the kind of the game that can set a team back weeks in terms of uh, of their performance, right? Or they have to, to pull some people up that they weren't planning on, and. I know it's early, but a 500 Blue Jays team that currently sits half a game behind the Red Sox and the Orioles doesn't want to be losing games for a week. Now, again, I don't think they have to panic long term. I think that the Blue Jays are far away the best team in this division, specifically with the Yankees struggling the way that they are. Um, but it just wouldn't have been good, right? So, so it's incredibly impressive the way that these four pitchers stepped up to save this game, to dominate this game, uh, and give the Blue Jays the chance to win nothing, right? So that was just such a fun storyline for me to watch uh, in the American League East. But the second thing I wanted to talk about, we actually stay in the American League East partially, and that is the Orioles taking two games back-to-back from the Mariners, right? Now, Justin Kaiser half-heartedly joked yesterday that... um, you know the Orioles got the win, but it was their it was their B lineup, and that was debunked. Really, the only starter missing was Jason Castro uh, from that lineup that the Orioles beat in their first game. Uh, well, they came out today or last night, excuse me, and the Orioles won again. You know, and the storyline here is that Danny Holson, who is just a spectacular, went nine innings, <laughs> gave up three runs, and the Mariners still ended up losing it over in extra innings. Excuse me. The game was bookended for the for the Orioles. Johnny Cook, their leadoff man, hit a walk-off home run to end the game, right? So he had a two-run shot in the 12th off Domingo Tapia, who had just come in uh, in relief of um, Don Adams, who had let up a, a base runner. We'll get to that in a second because there is a weird, you know, statistical rule here that I may be missing. But So Johnny Cook hits the walk-off home run. Johnny Cook also hit a leadoff home run in the first inning. So the leadoff hitter for this this Baltimore Orioles team, Johnny Cook, started the game with a home run and ended the game with a home run to hit his second of the game, his third of the year. And Johnny Cook's a guy I don't think of as a power hitter, but he did hit 21 home runs last year, well up from his uh, career high of nine in the previous year. So, you know, watch out for Johnny Cook and this Orioles team currently sitting atop the division. But I just think it's fascinating. One, that a team has a starter like Danny Holton go nine innings and they don't get the win. Two, that the leadoff hitter led the game off with a home run and ended the game with a home run. And the third thing that, that kind of caught me as weird for this game, Don Adams walked, got the loss here. Statistically, according to MLB Pro's stats here, he walked a guy in the bottom of the 12th to let up the base runner. But Domingo Tapia came in and immediately gave up a home run to... Johnny Cook surrendering the runs, right? So the, the run responsibility is split between the two, but he did not get saddled with the loss. Don Adams did, and, and maybe that's something that is normal that I just don't understand that I missed, but I think Domingo Tapia deserves that loss for giving up the home run. Yes, the the man that, that Tapia let on, or Adams let on base would be touched home plate first, but that loss to me is on Tapia. So, you know, that's just something that we need to take a look at. I, I don't really know. Um, so anyway, those are the first two interesting things for me. 
The next one I'm going to talk about is the Houston Astros. They hunt a 10 spot on the Detroit Tigers. Uh, Jim let out one of his prospects that, that has been much maligned. I think his exact quote here, um, if I can find it, I probably shouldn't be looking for this right now, but his exact quote on this pitcher. Sorry, I'm taking a left was Anthony Chapman. I hate you so much. Can't wait for my other pitching prospects to come up as Anthony Chapman just got wrecked by the Houston Astros lineup. Uh, the main piece that I found interesting here, other than them putting 10 runs, right? And the Astros are a team that, that needed to get a pickup. You know, Matt Wells, the GM, posted the other day about how much war this team is producing and, and some of the trades that they've made and, and all these other things, but they're still in last place in the division. Or second to last, excuse me. Uh, maybe they're third. I don't fucking know. But Fernando Tatis Jr. hit his second home run of the year. And the Astros actually hit five home runs in the game. Uh, they hung a 10 spot on the Tigers. So the Astros scoring 10 runs, hitting five home runs. And my man, Fernando Tatis Jr., hitting a home run. Always, always interesting to me. The next piece would be Juan Soto carried the Dodgers to the third win of the year. On his two home run night, he has hit... Ooh, I think he's up to five on the year. Juan Soto is just baseball's most interesting man, at least in the National League. West in LA, you know, Flag Guerrero probably has something to say about that, but Juan Soto was such a good talent, um, and to carry the Dodgers to a much-needed victory last night was very, very fun to watch with those two home runs. He drove in a ton of runs. I don't remember the exact number, but he was just awesome, and the Dodgers are going to have to turn this thing around. Again, it is early. I get it, but the National League West is not somewhere you can fall behind five, six games early on and hope you're not going to win five more games than the Rockies are, you know, over the course of the rest of the season if you're the Dodgers in theory uh so you got to start now and that was they beat the they beat the Rockies I think if I'm not mistaken I'm pretty sure they beat the Rockies um so if the Dodgers have any hope of, of catching up here they've, they've got to take their strike now and, and beating the, Do- the Rockies like that was such a nice piece um Kodai Senga starting pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, who are overperforming expectations. They're also just around 500 here, a game or a game and a half back in the division for a team that is clearly in the midst of a rebuild. Just setting off Brett Nicholas as well, right? No reservations or no pretending that they're trying to win this year. He struck out 10 to beat the Rangers, who are massively struggling despite a very good offense here. Struck out 10 last night uh, to beat the Rangers and keep the A's, the Rays, excuse me, right in the thick of things in the AL East. It was just a fun game. Right, Kode Senga, I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with him or watch him or or follow Ray's baseball outside of John Hines. I'm going to go ahead and guess that most of you do not. Um, Kode Senga went six and two-thirds of one-hit baseball. He did walk three, um, but struck out ten to get his first win of the year. You know, he's just a fun guy to watch. I mean, he's 23. Oh, sorry. No, that's that's Kevin Clancy. That's the guy that finished the game. He's 28 years old. Right, uh, he's got just really, really good stuff. Now he is significantly better pitching against right-handed batters than left, but he's a guy that I like. You know, he's a rookie this year. I, I don't think he's going to be somebody that we all idolize or really, really think about. But this is the first time he's gone beyond three innings in a start. He got shelled in his first couple of them. Um, I guess that's not true. He went six innings against Miami and pitched really, really well, and he got shelled by Boston. So this is actually two of three starts for Kodai Senga that have been very good. Uh, he went six innings and struck out five. It's interesting. He went six innings, struck out five out of four hits against the, the Marlins. Then he went one and a third, giving up five runs on five hits, um, walking two and striking out nobody. 
uh, against Boston, and then he comes back today and goes six and a third and strikes out ten uh, against the Rangers. So Jordan Sanchez is either spectacular or he's dog shit. Uh, so he'll be just so fascinating to follow throughout the rest of the year. I think he's he's a fun piece. I got to keep this moving because I wanted this to be relatively short. Bryce Bandia is spectacular again for the Giants. Right, uh, the Giants are a team that have outperformed. I think where I thought they would be to this point. Now they're four and seven, so outperforming is a strong, you know, way to put that. But they scored eight runs in the third on eight hits. It's all the runs that they scored. Um, they had eight runs on eight hits. All the eight runs came in the third inning, and Bryce Bandia went five innings, let up two unearned runs, struck out three to lower his ERA to point nine six. You know the. Uh, those eight runs were only scored with one home run, by the way. Javi Baez hit a home run with one, uh, two on. And so a three-run shot. Travis Shaw tripled. The rest of these numbers were just drawn in, like driven in, driven in, driven in, right? Um, I like Bryce Bandia. He's, he's much different than what he was last year. He struggled last year. And to see him come out and post a sub-one ERA through a couple of starts is fun to watch. You know, and the Giants need to be good for the Buckholes rivalry to reignite. We've kind of, we've heard a ton from Eddie over the last two years. We've heard nothing from Ryan. It'd be great to have Ryan get more active and, and start to push these things back up, right? Uh, two things left. Ed Palmer, the subject of some trade rumors. Maybe I started them. Maybe I didn't uh, over the last little bit, but there is certainly a two-catcher um, situation going on in Washington. He was awesome last night. He was three for four, drove in five runs, hit his third home run of the year. Um, you know, Ed Palmer's a great baseball player, and, and he helped the Nationals on their way to a 10-7 to win, much needed to get them to 6-5 and five over the St. Louis Cardinals. Ed Palmer's awesome, right? And this is a, a reaffirmation that he is a very good baseball player after a down year last year and some speculation he may lose some playing time this year uh, with this team. And, and the fellow's name who's going to take that playing time is escaping me at the moment, but just trust me that there is a guy, uh, and that would be Devin Lewis, the catching the backup catcher who actually uh, he's only he started seven games. Yeah, he is not he is not producing in a way that Ed Palmer is worried about at this point. But Ed Palmer showing once again that he is the guy in Washington. Fun to watch. Lastly, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is hot, and the Diamondbacks are back to five hundred. Right? We like the Arizona Diamondbacks here. We think that they are going to be a spectacular team all year. And Vladdy Guerrero went 442 with two home runs and seven RBIs. Um, it was good to see him hit another one last night You know, off of Granke, uh, who is struggling a little bit in Oakland this year. But Vlad Guerrero Jr. and this offense, honestly, in Arizona, is just so much fun to watch. They're a little bit slow. Bryce Harper's only in 250, three home runs. Early on, I mean, 250 is about right for him, I guess. Um, I, I'm excited about this uh, this Diamondbacks team and to watch them get back to 500 on the back of Vlad Guerrero Jr. as well with a couple other guys it was a lot of fun. Anyway, those were just some random musings from last night. I think it's been a fun year. I thought that was a blast. And if you think this is a worthwhile exercise, I will continue to do so uh, this every day. Just let me know, and uh, I'll see you guys later.